God. And uh, today's scripture reading is going to be from the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. La escritura de hoy va a ser del libro de Segunda de Corintios, capítulo 1, versículos 3 al 7. And you can follow along in Spanish. I'll be reading it for us in English, and it will be available in the projector both here with us on the projector screen and on the slides at home if you're watching online as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. And we're continuing in this, uh, in this series that we've been on in, in August on um, just uh, heart talk, on navigating faith and doubt in our journey with God. And today we're going to be talking about how, um, how to hold on to faith, especially in challenging times and challenging seasons. We've been talking about spiritual gifts and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in us stewarding spiritual gifts. And we're going to continue that next week as well as we conclude this series for August. But today we're going to be in this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God. 2 Corinthians verse 1, beginning at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm. Because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you and we hold on, Lord, to the living hope that you provide us, Lord Jesus. A hope that is not just based on situation or circumstance or feeling, God, but a living hope that is rooted grounded, rooted and grounded in you, Lord Jesus. You are, God, as real as the air that we breathe, Lord. All creation points to you, God. And Lord, this morning, whether some of us are taking our first steps toward you or some of us are taking our next steps in going deeper with you, Lord, would you meet us? Rest on us as we sang earlier, God. Move toward us, Lord God, and help us to just engage that and celebrate what you're doing in our lives, in our journeys, Lord. We admit that we don't have all of the answers. We admit, Lord, that we are finite, imperfect people. But we worship a perfect God. And Lord, we pray that today you would renew us Renew our minds, renew, refresh our souls, Lord. As we encounter you, as we draw near to you, make us more like you, God. 
pour out your Holy Spirit on us and give us wisdom, faith, understanding, and deeper trust in you. We love you, Lord. And we pray all of this in the faithful name of Jesus. Amen. So today we're going to continue in this sermon series that we've been calling Heart Talk, where really we've been looking at the matters of the heart when it comes to do with our life of faith, questions about the Bible, uh, life, faith. We've been taking all of those and just navigating through that together as God's people, realizing that uh, faith and doubt are not enemies, but doubt is a part of the life of faith. And also um, conscience and sorry, conviction and humility are not enemies. It is very possible, and that's the posture, the Christ-like posture that we're called to have, to hold to conviction and at the same time remain in humility, knowing that God is not done with us yet and he's continuing to shape us, mold us, and teach us more and more about who he is. And so uh, today we're actually going to be talking about how to trust God through our pain and our suffering. How we can trust God in our challenges, especially with things that don't seem to make any sense. And this week alone, one of the reasons why I wanted to pause in, what, in our teaching on spiritual gifts, and next week we're gonna continue that once again, but I felt it was just necessary to be able to pause and engage this. This is a, a teaching and a message that I like to bring to us every single year, how we can hold on to faith even through our pain and suffering. And again, one of the reasons why I felt um, this needed to happen this week is just in this week alone, I've been able to come alongside and pray with folks from our church, as well as some from outside of our church around matters having to do with uh, loss, with grief, with sickness, with losing loved ones, with being afraid for the future. And even as you know, right, that's just on a personal level for many of us, right? On a personal level, I've had extended family members in the hospital unsure of what was to come next. By God's grace, they're okay now. But I know that we're all navigating different things together. Even as a country and community, we continue to navigate this pandemic. Remember the one that initially we thought maybe in three or four weeks, that would be it, and then we're back to norma, normal? Now we're coming on about 20 months of navigating this together. And yes, we do see some light at the end of the tunnel, but the truth is that we are not there just yet. You know, we continue to move forward in faith and trust, but then we have to continue to navigate it. We can't skip the step it reminds me of, uh, of this meme that I got to see. I'm not really a meme guy, but I've been doing a lot of memes this week to inspire for this sermon on pain and suffering, okay? But, um, but someone actually sent me this meme of uh, how to understand this season of light at the end of the tunnel, feeling optimistic about the future, but then also uh, just aware of what may come right behind us. And it was this picture of... Uh, of Henry Cavill, you guys know who that is, Superman? He's the new Superman in uh, 
Justice League. Um, but anyway, Henry Cavill is there, dressed really nice, really handsome, with this uh, dapper suit and very well put together. And it said under Henry Cavill, the, the meme said, plans for the fall, you know, looking good and confident. And then right behind him in that picture was uh, Jason Momoa, the guy who plays Aquaman, just kind of like creeping up toward him and pulling, going to pull this prank on him. And it just said under Jason Momoa, Delta variant approaching. <laughs> so plans for the fall, Delta variant approaching, right? In some ways, that's what this season feels like, right? We want to be as optimistic, as hopeful of the future. We want to be Henry Cavill, Superman, super handsome. But then remember, <laughs> Jason Momoa is right behind you, okay? Made sense to me. But anyway, that's a bit uh, on a light note of just how to understand this strange season. We look forward with hope, but then we're also aware of just the reality that we're in and having to respond to that accordingly. You know, um, and uh, speaking of celebration and of memes as well, on Friday, the worship team and some other young adult leaders got to come over to our family home and we celebrated and we thanked God for all the good in this season. And we even played a meme game as well, since that's been my theme this week. But um, we really just took time to celebrate and rejoice and thank God for all of the good in this season as well. Because that's the fact. There is joy. And because of Christ, there is always hope. We must never give in to just hopelessness. We are not those without hope. Because of Christ, there is always living hope. And we can only understand true hope in light of real pain and real suffering, which exists. Remember, we can only understand the resurrection, the victory of Christ, in light of the cross. We can't have one without the other. Again, as we've mentioned in our personal lives, there's a lot that, that we, we ask God to help us with in our, as we engage in our pain, in our loss, in our suffering, but then also in our world, you know, we see that even in this week and this month and whatnot, all of creation aches and groans for a living hope. This fire season that we're in, which, um, you know, we all couldn't really ignore this last week, right? With the smoke and the ash that was in the air, with now what has been the, the largest fire in California history, we continue to pray for those in the front lines and the fire lines for those homes, for those communities that are no longer there. Again, as I mentioned, this Delta variant, that is a live issue for many in our schools, in our, in our places of work, of worship, all of that. And now going on to, not sure what direction we're going here, if we're, if we're going drive in the car or if we're going reverse or just on neutral, it's unclear but we continue to press on and trust in the Lord. We think of Haiti. We pray for the people of Haiti who have gone through so much in just these last two, three months with political, social instability, but also with uh, some of the challenges in the earthquake in this last month. And of course, for Afghanistan, which has put the entire world on standstill. 
which again evokes so many questions about circumstances, choices, uh, you know, world powers, all of that stuff. But one thing we do is we take on the posture, right, that Romans 15, 12 reminds us to take on. To rejoice with those who rejoice, but to grieve with those who grieve. So where there's grieving, where there's suffering, where there's pain, our call as God's people is to grieve along with them, to pray for them, to care. And we ask God to use us as his hands and his feet in any way that we can. So when we think of all of that, either on a personal note or worldwide, all of those challenges that exist, a natural question for us to ask is simply the question, why? And I've navigated that question many times as I've sat and prayed with some of you, but also with others who have been in the midst, in the eye of the storm of their pain and their suffering. The question is, why? If God loves us, why do we go through pain and suffering? Why does it exist? How do we hold on to hope? How do we hold on to faith in the hard and in the difficult times? How do we worship a good God, yet there is suffering and pain in this world? ¿Cómo podemos alabar a un Dios, pero hay sufrimiento? Again, that's the question oftentimes behind the questions of our pain and of our challenges and of, of our suffering. Is uh, how can we worship a good God and navigate this, this stuff, this, this reality in front of us? You know, I've found that the, the first step, even as a pastor, and I'll pass it on to you, the first step in being able to love and serve someone who is going through pain, through grief, through loss, through suffering, the first step in serving um, someone in that situation is um, to just show up, just be present, just practice that ministry of presence with them. Don't try to go for the quick fix. Don't try to just give the quick fix solution. The first step will be comforting and showing up. Comforting through presence and through prayer rather than just simple answers or quick cliches to make you feel better. Yes, there are answers in those moments, but there's a time and place for all of that. But the most profound thing we can do, especially when loving someone and caring for someone in their pain, in their challenges, in their suffering, is to just show up and to point to the reality of God, to Emmanuel, to God with us. That will by far be one of the most powerful first steps that you can take, pointing to the God that is present here and now. Again, a person that is going through challenges, through suffering, and you can even think of yourself in your own life when you've gone through this. When we go through that, sometimes we don't just need the quick fix. We need to be inspired by the people of God before we will be inspired by a good argument or a religious cliche or some kind of quick fix. God calls us to show up in the same way that he saw our, suffer, our, our suffering and he did something about it. He showed up. That's what we're called to do, to show up, to pray, and to point to the presence of God in the life of that person. So we're pointing to a living hope, showing up because someone has shown up for us. 
That's our role, first and foremost, not to fix, not to control the situation, but to show up and to point to the reality of God, to the living hope that is with us even in our suffering, even in our difficulty. We pray, we listen, and we point to the presence of God. So friends, brothers, sisters, this claim of the Bible that we just read earlier, you know, this claim by the word of God is a calling that's unlike any other calling, but it is a calling to be able to engage pain and suffering, to show up in the pain and the suffering, in the grief, in the loss that we may experience personally, but that others do around us as well. Faith in Christ is never an escape from reality. Faith in Christ is the tools for showing up to reality, to God here and now. When we serve a God that loves as deeply as he does, his heart will become like our heart. You know, that's one thing that, and many of you, when if you're in your young adults, 20s, 30s, or whatever it may be, you may have a moment in your 20s and 30s when you just realize, oh my goodness, I'm so overwhelmed. There's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering in this life and in this world. Yeah, you're going to wake up to that. And guess what? That's a good thing. You're waking up to the way God sees the world. God sees it that way, and he sees something had to be done. Your heart is opening up to align more with the heart of God. And that's part of the calling that we have. Again, a calling to engage and show up in our own grief, our own pain, our own suffering, and how to serve and love others in those times as well. Because if we are followers of Jesus, if we are Christians, then it is a part of our calling to experience and engage and confront and go through pain and suffering. The Bible encourages us to believe that suffering is actually not a curse, but pain, challenges, suffering is all a part of the calling for people like you and me who follow Jesus, for those who follow Jesus Christ. Last week we talked about the prophets. Do you know what is one of the names that the prophets called Jesus? The suffering servant. We follow a suffering servant. El sufrimiento no es una maldición, sino un llamado a los que siguen a Jesucristo. We're reminded of this in 2 Corinthians 1.5 in the passage that we read. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, he's really the ultimate and supreme example of what it means to suffer while not being at fault. Yet he experienced pain. So similarly, we can find comfort, we can find solidarity in that while we suffer, while not being at fault, we are truly and mysteriously being molded and shaped into the image of Christ. We're a people that will be marked by pain and suffering at times. But that's not the last word. We're a people that share in the victory of Christ, but we also share in the suffering. Of Christ. In fact, Jesus, in his physical resurrection, 
when he was in the road to Emmaus, but then when he showed up to, with his, the rest of his disciples, he was still marked with the scars and the wounds in his hands. And in fact, that's how they recognized him, through his wounds, through his scars. Many of us as followers of Jesus, we will be recognized through our scars, through our wounds, and still pointing to Christ in the midst of that. I know it can seem really contradictory to some of us, and it can seem strange to some of us, but that's the reality. Part of our call as Christians, part of our identity and purpose in Christ is to align ourselves with the identity of a Lord, of a Savior, who is called the suffering servant. Part of aligning our purpose in this life will be with the one who took up his cross to lay down his life for many. That's part of our journey with God. That's part of what, what, what this, this life, what this calling is. Being saved while still suffering, that's a very real tension for many people. It's been a tension in my life and maybe in yours as well. And for followers of Jesus and Christians or throughout history and throughout the world, how is it that we believe and at the same time we are some of, experiencing some of these challenges? How is it that we can um, hold both in tension, right? Having a savior and at the same time um, experiencing the loss and the pain. Knowing that we're already there, there is victory, but we're not there yet. So as we engage in serving God and serving others, as we love God and love people, there will be times where we have to walk in those spaces of pain, of loss, of grief, of discomfort. And for some of us, it's not what we expected. We didn't expect that, that following Jesus would in fact lead us to some very challenging places at times, that on our own we are afraid to go. But even as the psalm says, right, even through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. He is with us. He will walk us through it. And remember, whatever God brings us to, he will see us through it. To engage reality as it is, is to engage the challenges that are in front of us at times. Again, as it says in this passage in 2 Corinthians 1.5, for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. This is part of what can feel paradoxical or a contradictory kind of call. How is that the case? That pain, that challenge, that loss, that suffering is a part of our call. Well, it's because of this, friends, brothers, sisters. Jesus' calling is so much bigger than just our ego. Jesus' calling is so much bigger than just our expectations. Although it is challenging, the most profound part of our pain, of our loss, of our suffering, is that all of that can point to a bigger story. Just as all of life comes through some sort, through some form of suffering, it all points to life, it all points to a bigger story, to God's story, to the new thing, the new creation that God is doing.
you know, in fact, I've said this before, I think, at Imago, but I'm willing to believe, I, and I do think this is the case, in this life, nothing good in this life comes without some kind of pain or suffering, right? There's all kinds of uh, phrases on that, right? Whether working out or with health, no pain, no gain, right? But then also, even in life, how did we all come into this world to begin with? You had a mother, you had, there was a woman in this life that suffered on your behalf for you to be here in this world. Parents raising children, right? It's not easy, is it? <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you're the expert parent, but I know it's not easy raising children. In many ways, what it means, and I've learned this, I've come to this, this conclusion, in some ways, what it means to be a, a willing parent, a parent raising a child is simply, a parent is someone that's willing to suffer on behalf of someone else. Someone that's willing to absorb pain for someone else. <laughs> In fact, I just believe that to be absolutely true. That nothing in this life comes without some pain or suffering. And the truth is that the good news is that we're not called to do this alone. And it's not a call to get some kind of thrill or some kind of excitement out of that but it's part of the reality that God calls us to. And the reality that he calls us to, he will always, he will always, always see us through, as I've just said. Again, part of the most amazing part of any of our challenges, of our pain that any of us have gone through or of our suffering, the most amazing part is that it can all be to serve a greater purpose. It can all point to God's salvation, to God restoring all things back to himself. Again, it's not a call to just make it about me and, um, and mine, and uh, that's only going to make my, my, my story much smaller. But our pain, our challenges, our suffering, our disappointments, our loss, all of that can point to a much bigger story a story that points to a Lord who died, who rose again, who confronted the deepest disappointment, death, and brought life out of that. So again, even in our challenges, that can point to the salvation of God, to the redeeming of others as well. We can point to the one who brings about true healing and true peace no matter what the circumstances. So to be followers of Jesus is to align ourselves with the Lord who still had the wounds in his hands, the one who is recognized by his scars, the one who is known around history and the world and in eternity as the one who laid down his life for our sake. That's our Lord. That's the one who we follow. So friends, brothers, sisters, more than anything today, I think was just a, a pause and a pastoral chat together, fireside chat, coffee chat, whatever we want to call it. As you're serving others that are navigating challenges, questions, pain and suffering, may you just show up and point to the presence of Christ in their lives. Would you love them 
as God loves them. And may we not give in to the myth, to the lie, to the, the cheap phrase or the cheap way of thinking that wants to convince us that our suffering has to do with some kind of punishment or that our pain is God's response to his disappointment in us as his children. No, just throw that away. Throw that kind of old way of thinking away because what scripture is suggesting here is actually the complete opposite. That our pain, our loss, our challenges, our suffering, that's all part of the confirmation of our calling. Our calling to serve as God's people that point and continue to carry on the mission of Jesus. This is who we are. This is part of our calling. So again, if you hear anything today, and if you're with anyone in this season or this week that's navigating their own sense of challenges, of loss, of pain, you can remind them, this, them of this, and I want this to be your takeaway here today too. God's got you. He holds you in his hands. He is using this, and you know what this is. He is using this for a purpose, for something greater. Jesus is in the mess, and there is a story and a testimony in the works. So friend, brother, sister, hold on. Don't let go. Hold on to Jesus as he is holding on to you. He will never, ever let go of you. Trusting in Jesus will give us courage to move forward. Because this life is a journey. And sometimes it's a journey often marked with tears. We remember Jesus himself, right? In the Garden of Gethsemane, before he took the cross, he was sweating blood, and I'm sure he was shedding tears before God, before God the Father. You know, again, part of what moved me in this was I realized in this last week I had different types of conversations with different folks, and even yesterday I had a, a conversation with uh, parents, not, not from our church, but friends of our church and connected to our church, but with uh, parents who recently lost a child who was under 10 years old. And I just got to sit with them and listen and pray and, uh, and hear their hearts. Again, there was no quick fix. There were no words I could say that would just make that better in some way. But we just sat together, we prayed, and we read that passage in the Gospel of John where Jesus, of Jesus and Lazarus. And the one thing we noted was that before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, before Jesus took any action, there was a first action that Jesus took. Who remembers what that action was? Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Sometimes that's the first action, to weep, to simply be, to show up. Jesus wept, and 
sometimes it's important for us to remember that, that before we, we fix anything or take any action, have we taken Jesus' first action to weep? God sees our, our weeping. He sees our tears. And he says, when you cry out to me, I listen. When you cry, I am close to the brokenhearted. So today, friends, brothers, sisters, may we take that courageous step in being real with God and being authentic with one another in our suffering, in our joy. May we cry out with assurance that the creator of the whole universe holds us and reminds us that we are loved that we are not alone, that we are cared for, and no matter what, it's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. And that's not just some kind of cliche. That is a gospel truth. And you can hold on to that. And you can pass that on to others that because of Jesus, because of his death and his resurrection, he holds us together and we're going to be all right, we're going to continue to press on and get through it. So again, how do we hold on, right? How do we hold on in this world into our faith when things aren't easy, when things are challenging? Well, we do what this scripture says, right? Well, we, we, we abide. We abide in Christ. We trust in Jesus more than in our circumstances or in our situations. Circumstances and situations, they come, they go. They're one way one day, they're one way another day. But we abide in Christ. We make that our home, we make that our residence, we make that our, 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 our place of true comfort and true peace. It's only when we abide that we can walk in the promises of God in the power of God, and in the presence of God. So in suffering, there's going to be different choices. And you've seen this, I'm sure, before. You've seen some people, our, our suffering, to be honest, and this is the reality of it, our pain and our suffering in and of itself does not have the power to break us. But our pain and our suffering does have the power to reveal us many times to reveal that deeper question, in who or in what am I trusting? Am I trusting in myself? Am I trusting in a situation, a circumstance? Or am I trusting in the arms of the everlasting God who will never leave me or forsake me? You know, I've uh, been able to learn a lot about just how to minister to care for people that are walking and navigating through times of challenge, times of pain, times of suffering. And one of the people that has taught me a lot about that is actually a former mentor. His name's Terry, and he's a chaplain up in the Bay Area, and he's seen all kinds of different circumstances and situations, and he has been with people in their bedside before they're about to pass away and die and transition from this life into eternity. And I'll never forget what he's told me before. Um, Terry has told me that the pattern he's seen throughout his life is that 
most often, people die the way that they live. So when a person has lived a life of trusting in God, then guess what? They died trusting in God. But not just in word, not just in action, and in the same way, otherwise, right? When I've just lived a life, even if I've claimed one thing, but if I've lived a life just trusting in myself, in my own instincts, again, remember, the way that we die is oftentimes the way that we live. So in order to prepare for that, we begin here and now by placing our faith and our functional trust by abiding in Christ, knowing that in those hard times we can believe in the presence and the promises and the power of God. Because without these three things, without the presence, the power, and the promises of God, we will drift. We will drift into self-reliance, not walking in God's power, but by our own power, trusting in myself, trusting that this is all there is. But the reality is that, no, this is not all there is. There is more. There is eternity. You are not alone. And it's amazing to think about that sometimes, right? I remember thinking of that for some reason when I was younger. But when we're born, it's, you, it's me and God. And when we die, it's me and God, right? He is with you in the beginning, in the end, and in the whole journey. So this is my last question for us, and um, I think it's going to be the, the posture and the attitude that will shift how we approach our loss, our pain, our challenges, even if we're navigating that with someone else right now. But my question is this, how is your relationship with Jesus? It's not uncommon to become some kind of expert and have a ton of information about God, but start drifting from him. The invitation today is to abide, abide in him, to trust in him, to go from the place that we're at right now to that next stage, that next level with him. Because part of the freedom of abiding and trusting in the promises and the power and the presence of God is that we don't need to carry this suffering alone. We don't need to pretend to be stronger or more capable than we really are. You can't carry it alone because you're not meant to carry it alone. Give it to Him. Redistribute the burden. Share the burden, even with your sisters and brothers in Christ here. We can acknowledge our humanness, right? God created us human in his image, but we have limitations, but we have access to an eternal God. So many people, Christian and non-Christian, have actually a false projection of themselves that is not based on reality. The part of Enduring, part of growing in strength, part of growing in perseverance is being able to acknowledge our own vulnerabilities, our own weaknesses, our own limitations, and to be okay with that. Because in our weakness, He is strong. 
It's not in our strength he is strong or he is proud of us. No, it's in our weakness he is strong. So that's my, that's my prayer for us in Mago Church, that as we go through this week, we would abide in Christ. We would trust in his presence, his promises, and his power. And then finally, that we would learn to read the Bible honestly. And that reminds us that in this life, there will be challenges, there will be suffering, but there is always hope, living hope. In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus himself says it. He doesn't try to beat around the bush about it. He just tells us straight out, in this world, you will have trouble. But oftentimes, we want to keep coming back to the victory or the escape, or whatnot, but the truth is that we can't understand victory without pain. We can't understand resurrection without the cross. So again, friends, brothers, sisters, let's not be surprised when in this life we see trouble. But be confident of this. He is at work. The Lord is at work in the mess. The Lord is at work in the uncertainty, in the doubt, in the difficulty. Keep your eyes on him. Instead of just obsessing with fixing the situation or fixing the other person, fix your eyes on him. And keep your eyes on the cross. Knowing that that's not the last stop. Through the cross, there is resurrection. And may we abide and trust in the promises, in the power, and in the presence of our Lord Jesus who is with us, who will never leave, leave us. The one who will never leave us and the one who reminds us, again, honestly and forthrightly and lovingly. In his own words in John 16, 33, it says this in the, in the passage, John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me, Shailene, if we can get John 16, 33 up there, please. This will be the final verse. Receive it as Jesus' Jesus's words to you. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, take courage. I have overcome the world. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, because you have overcome. That means that we don't have to get, that's not our role, Lord God. That's not our lane, oh God. You have overcome. You have saved, Lord. We get to point to that and we get to abide and rest in that victory, in that new life, God. So, Lord, we just pray that you'd meet us right now, God. And right now, I just want to invite us all to just take a moment. Take a moment to inventory, to look at your own heart right now. Take stock of what's going on, what's stirring in your heart and in your, in your mind.
these days. And today I want to invite you to allow Jesus into that space, to allow the Holy Spirit, the, the presence of God in that space, the power of God, the promises of God in that space. He is not afraid of what's there. <laughs> so you shouldn't be either. The Lord is with you. He is your shepherd. He is your shield. He is your strength. He is your hope. You are never alone. He is with you. And if you've ever given in to just that false narrative, that that pain, that challenge, that suffering, that that's because God's mad at you? No, God's not mad at you. Let's die to that. Let's put that at the foot of the cross today. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He loved you so much that he'd rather die than live without you. And he calls you to follow him. And in those in that journey, there will be some bumps, but hold on to him because he'll take you through. He'll take us through. So God, right now, we just want to dedicate and entrust to you what we need to give to you, Lord. And you know exactly what those things are. You know exactly what that issue is, Lord. I just want to ask you right now, right where you are as you're praying, where do you feel stuck? Where do you feel just like at, a, at some kind of plateau, like you can't move forward or backward? Are you in a season right now of doubting the promises of God? Is there fear? Is there anger? Is there bitterness that you just need to give to him today? Today, I just want to invite you to resist the urge to slide back to self-reliance. You may be exhausted. You may be tired. Then stop running. Yield. Trust. Surrender. Submit to God's power. Lean not on your own understanding. Give yourself to the power of God, to trusting in his faithful presence, to believing that he will make a way. That's what he does. He makes all things new. I encourage you today to just give it all to him. He's doing a new work in you and he is not done with you yet. And receive those words from the book of, of, um, of 1 Thessalonians that the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. The one who began the good work in you will complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. So Lord, hear our prayer. And if perhaps for you, if this is your, your season or opportunity of taking that first step with Christ, you can pray this. You can pray, Lord, I acknowledge that you are God and I am not. And I need you, Lord, to be gracious to me, to forgive me. I need you to heal me and to make my heart alive. Today, I give up on trusting in myself and trusting in my own way. And I place my life in your hands, O oh precious Lord. Today, I choose to follow Jesus, your son, 
gave himself for my sake. And although I don't understand everything, Lord, I want to follow you wherever you would take me. I want to entrust my entire life into your hands. Thank you, God, for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. And that can be your first step toward Christ today. And for some of us, we need to take that next step toward him. And you can pray this. You can say, God, set us free. Set us free, Lord, from whatever is holding us back. And help me, God, to be the person that you created me to be. Lord, forgive me where I've conformed, where I've just given into my own way and have conformed to the patterns of this world. Forgive me, oh God. Help me to be the person you created me to be that reflects the image of Christ and the image of God in my life, in my words, and in my actions. We thank you, Lord, and we pray all of this in the faithful name of Jesus. We abide and trust in your promises, in your power, and in your presence today. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in your faithful name. Amen.